What is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 445 of Combo's Court. And you know who it is. I am Combo. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Today's show, Lakers podcaster and the creator of All Access Lakers, Aaron Larsoul joins in to talk about the new look Lakers and more. You could catch Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Larsoul. That's A-A-R-O-N-L-A-R-S-U-E-L. You know you could catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Catch me on Twitter at Combo's Court. Same name as the podcast. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. You've been talking Lakers for a long time, huh? Uh, it has been it has been a minute, yes. Uh oh, maybe I think it's six, seven years now. Um I've been with the team. So uh yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> a long NBA journey. Portland Trailblazers before that. So it's been a long NBA journey for me. Now that's an interesting market because it's such like a small niche, but the fans are really into it, right? Very much so. It's one of the loudest buildings still. I, I was there. Uh, it had just changed to Moda Center. So I was there when it was the Rose Garden. But either way, um, the fans are great there. The building is always loud. It's one of the loudest buildings in the league. So, but it but it is very different in a lot of ways. Very different from Los Angeles. Most definitely. We could catch you on All Access Lakers. Watch playback. I'm actually on there with Coach Nick B-Ball Breakdown. It's a fantastic outlet. I feel like it's the future of commentating and broadcasting in my opinion. Cause you know, I mean, with podcasting, that's like fragmented in the way that people could listen to their favorite person, talk about the sport. They don't have just one person or a few platforms to go to. And I think something like this, and I hopefully watch playback is it where this will be the future for it. I think it is. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. The channel has been around actually not that long, but it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been great. I, I, the thing I say about, podcasting as it compares to radio you know we uh here in la uh 710 espn 710 has has the lakers games and john ireland has has a midday show he's obviously the radio voice of the lakers but if you listen to his show which is a really great show you might get some lakers stuff you might Mm. get some dodger stuff you may get some ucla usc but with podcasting you get to be very specific about what it is that you're seeking out um, and the same is true with, with playback, with, with the channels on playback, people know exactly what they're going to get. People want to come watch the Lakers game with us, uh, build the community. You know, we have, we talk to guests, Lakers guests, but, but the community is a real thing. So people get to watch and interact with everybody. So it's kind of like a mixture of Twitter and watching at the same time. So it's been yeah. a lot of fun. We, we do non games too, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely more interactive. And I mean, the crazy part is, is that a fan could join in. Like, where could you do that, huh? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a a combination of the Twitter timeline, Twitter spaces, and, you know, you have the game in front of you. So it's actually, it's been great. And yesterday, our our show uh, yesterday, our stream yesterday, 
was during the game and I go to all the Lakers home games. I don't travel with the team anymore. I did previously. Um, so I popped in from, uh, from crypto.com popped into the stream from the arena. So it was, it was fun. It's, it's, it's been good so far. Definitely a great outlet. Okay. Your initial reaction to everything that happened when it comes to the Lakers and the trade deadline. I was, I was very impressed. Um, I think, uh, and I actually, I told Rob Palinka this, that if it's not a home run, it's at least a triple because the Lakers were able to address a lot of the needs, um, kind of undo the Russell Westbrook trade. One of the the underlying issues with the Russ trade, put his game aside and his fit aside. It also took the Lakers to a three-star model. Russ is not a star anymore. But when I say a three-star model, it's the contracts, right? Three max contracts requires you um, to build your roster a certain way. You're only going to have exceptions. Generally, you're going to have a bunch of minimum guys, and you it requires roster turnover every single year because if those minimum guys are bad, they're not on the team next year. If they're good, you can't afford them on the team next year. So uh, it uh, this kind of undid that, you know, trading Kuz and KCP um, and Trez, like those medium-sized contracts for Russ, obviously it didn't work, but it kind of undid that. So the Lakers now seem to, and you saw this last night, with all the with also with Rui and, and with Mo Bamba, the Lakers now finally have a handful of just good NBA rotation players, me, medium-sized contracts. Um, and it undid some of the it undid the rust trade from a roster perspective, but it also provided some athleticism, some shooting, two things that were were sorely lacking uh previously. And and last night was the first time in two years, this season or last season, that the Lakers have been fully healthy. So we got to see the full roster last night. I have been begging for the new starting lineup that we saw last night and the great results so far. Yeah, the word I would use for yesterday was easy. Like everything seemed easy because the fit was just better. With um, with these three guys, I mean, they have chemistry together, so it was interesting that they actually played them together. Mm-hmm. I think that with, was a part of it. Yeah, with... LeBron and AD. And I thought it was great because, you know, you got the chemistry and then LeBron and AD are going to figure it out, right? Those guys are, I mean, AD, when he's at his best, like earlier in the season, MVP level player, he played great yesterday. Obviously, you know, there's been some ups and downs with him, but I thought it was just amazing the chemistry they had because those three guys fit together. And obviously when you have two all-timers like that, they could just figure it out. Yeah, so LeBron is just plainly a basketball genius. Um, he may yes. be the basketball genius of all yes. time, yes. Um, in addition to all the other things. So at, at minimum, he's the, the best problem solver in NBA history. He's the best, He'll figure out the puzzle. Um, but as you know, NBA teams don't practice. So and, and since the new guys have been around, LeBron hasn't. This was his first game. Last night was his first game with the team. So they haven't had a chance to work together. Um, so I think it was important and i think it was one of the reasons i think it's the best fit as far as the starting five group anyway um i think austin is better than malik just as a basketball player in a vacuum but Mm -hmm. as far as how he fits with the group um i think that is the best five group that the lakers put out there yesterday and because there's no practice in the nba and because lebron hasn't been healthy enough to to play the last couple games and because mo bamba has been suspended etc so Last night was the first time that there was this group together. The Lakers have had any of a whole group together in two years. And it was easy because LeBron is a basketball genius. And AD 
you know, AD has his flaws to his game, but as you said, he's an all-time great. And mm-hmm. he is one of the most, especially defensively, he's one of the most malleable superstars ever. Like he can do everything on the defensive end. So having those two guys just to figure it out is a great start. And then there's the built-in chemistry. You mentioned it. The three guys, uh, the three other starters played together in Minnesota. So there's the built-in chemistry that they have, you know, to fall back on. So that was one of the reasons I was clamoring for this lineup. The other reason is I think that if you have if you have Vando playing the three four, whatever you call LeBron Van, doesn't matter. Um, I think that two needs to be somebody that can shoot it because if it's Austin or when it was Dennis, um, I think there is still a lack of shooting. And and Beasley hasn't shot it well as a Laker until last night, but he is still a five alarm fire anytime he touches the ball at the three point line, and that's going to move defenses. So I think the space that he and D'Lo, uh, their shooting can provide for for AD and LeBron is going to be a welcome change from those two having to beat their head against the wall getting in the paint at yeah twenty times a night. So I mean, the opinions on D'Angelo are very polarizing. Yes, but. I would say that, and I like his game. I mean, I thought he was great with Brooklyn. There was a reason why the Warriors uh, signed uh, signed up to get him, even though it didn't work out there. But no oh, matter no, what, you... no, 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 it did. It worked out perfectly. Oh, okay. That was exactly <laughs> what the, that was exactly what the Warriors were hoping. That was what that was their point. That is true. That is true. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I would say this is the archetype of player that the Lakers needed, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, somebody that can take some of the ball handling pressure off of LeBron. Um, but also has function as a spot up shooter because LeBron in you know, year 20 at age 38, he still is the best decision maker in NBA history. Right. And so when moments matter, I want him making all of those decisions with the ball in his hand, but he's physically not capable of doing that for 39 minutes, 38 minutes, 36 minutes a night anymore. And giving you a defensive effort that you hope, right. He just like, he's an alien. But he he just can't do it that anymore. So having somebody that can take some of that pressure off handling the ball, but also can be out there and play off of LeBron is you're right. It's precisely what the doctor ordered, and why but, Russ is never was never going to fit was why even a couple years ago with Dennis his first time here, I don't like in a in a salary cap league where you have limited resources. I don't like allotting those resources to a place where somebody is not going to do what they do or you can't get value from them when the games matter most. Right. I don't want Russ handling the ball in the playoffs. I don't want Dennis handling the ball in the playoffs. I want LeBron doing all of that. So Dennis has a minimum guy. Great. But when you're allocating resources to something and the one thing those guys do is something I don't want them doing when games matter, because I want LeBron doing it anyway. You're right. Like D'Lo is the archetype of player that works next to LeBron. Right. Like it's like a, He's not as good as Kyrie, but it's similar to Kyrie. Somebody who's good off the bounce can create on themselves and let LeBron stand in the corner and rest, but also can stand in the corner himself when LeBron's creating havoc and will make jump shots. So LeBron is now the all-time leading scorer ever, and part of that reason is because of the evolution of his scoring, right? His ability to change his shot profile. I actually noticed in yesterday's game that he was cutting through space more. Maybe not as many threes. I didn't look at the stats. I watched no. most of the game. No, at, I think at halftime, he was like, he didn't shoot much at all. I mean, at halftime, I think he was like two of four from the field. So, yeah. So here's my question to you. Do you see it? Obviously, LeBron will not change into a role player. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But do you think his 
shot profile with more improved shooters around him might change a little bit. Yeah, because he is not going to have to. He got in a bad habit earlier in the year of forcing a bunch of threes. And he's an okay. He's turned himself into an okay, competent three-point shooter. But the shot diet this year was bad, and the numbers reflected that. And that, I think that had a lot to do with the Lakers' cl- uh, crunch time and clutch time struggles offensively, was LeBron was just settling for too many threes. One, for one, because it was a better option than the other guys. Two, because he was having to carry so much, he was tired. And it takes, in you know, at the end of games, and it takes a lot more to put your head down and go to the rim over and over and over against a bunch of guys that are standing in there because nobody's worried about anybody else on the perimeter. So I think this is going to allow LeBron to like more similar to his, his peak Miami days where you're going to see his field goal percentage rise a lot because he's only going to have to take the good shots. You know, the ones that he's making where he's shooting, you know, whatever, Uh, maybe not Jokic numbers this year, but like he's up there, you know, shooting high fifties, low sixties from the field because on twos, because all of his stuff is going to be easy. It's going to be by the basket. It's going to be, you know, his, his, uh, turn over his shoulder, fade away, you know, from 12 feet and in. He'll still take threes, um, but he's going to be taking the easier threes. I think he'll be, this will allow him to cut the difficult threes out of his diet. You mentioned Miami, and I just think he'll be able to cut through space more often, right? With Russell there, players that will be able to find him. Yeah, I mean, and that that's one of the things, like there was always this hope that Russ and LeBron could create a two-man game, um, screening for each other. Russ would never do it. He just simply would not. And it worked when he did. Um, And so this allows LeBron to play off the ball more. And LeBron is, again, like there is nothing he can't do. So he is an excellent cutter. He just hasn't had the opportunity to show that much. I mean, he did last night a ton. Austin found him. Dennis found him. D'Lo found him. Um, He's going to be able to do that a ton just because the roster is better and there is more offensive talent. And you could see it yesterday. He was able to defer and still have some confidence that that the offense was not going to fall apart. So there are some veterans looking for teams. Uh, you can't make trades anymore, but you could still no. pick up players. Um, yes. Who do you feel the Lakers should be looking to pick up at this point? So I think, I mean, there's, there's you know, I got to be careful about mentioning specific names, but there are guys out there that are on the buyout market and, rumored to be bought out but haven't been bought out yet i think the question is now with the roster construction as it is where do those minutes come from um yeah and for forever you know lakers fans have been clamoring for can we just get like we need some like everybody there's 12 guards right and like there's nobody that can actually play that's over you know we've got a bunch of guys that are six one six one six one six two six four um, Austin Reeves played center in the Christmas game and he's six, five, barely, maybe. Um, so people have been clamoring for, you know, why don't we just have those six, seven, six, eight, six, nine kind of athlete guys. Um, but now that's not the case anymore, right? The, the list for was LeBron James and that's it previously, but now it's LeBron and Rui and Vando, right. And Beasley's not quite that hype, but, um, and now, uh, yeah, you know, Damian Jones wasn't playing. Thomas Bryant had was such a disaster defensively that he was still a rotation guy, but not getting minutes. And Mo was still and, and was still upset about his role, right? Yeah, which was funny and complained about okay. it and did ask for a trade, and then got traded to some place where he's going to play less, which is interesting. Um, True, because you cannot play him and Joker together. So if yeah. he's going to get all of them. If he gets all the non-Joker minutes, that's fourteen minutes a night. Yeah, if it, I guess if Jokic isn't playing. 
like he's load managing or something. He'll get some minutes there. But yeah, that's about no, it. he was yeah. playing. You know, he was playing thirty minutes a night when AD wasn't there. Right, like, right, 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 right. Congrats. Yeah. Um, so I think the question is now, where did the minutes come from? Because now, uh, you know, the front court, which was such a problem, now includes you know five, six, seven, five, six, like competent, just like between somewhere between fine and good and great NBA players. So if you bring somebody in, like maybe a stretch big, maybe there's minutes for that, could play next to, to AD some. But Mobamba, the, the best part of his offensive game is, you know, his ability to stretch a little bit. He's well, he, he's another he's another one like D'Angelo. Obviously, he hasn't proven anything like D'Angelo has in this league, but he's also younger. He's the archetype of player that the Lakers needed. Yeah, I mean, he's not nowhere as good, but, you know, the thought was if you're going to have a center that can play next to AD, and I, I'm of the opinion AD is a full-time center, it's got to be somebody that could space the floor. Um, yes. That was the idea with Mark Gasol a couple years ago when when he was a Laker. Like, he can't play anymore, but that was the idea, right? So the, that's the thinking. Um, so is that somebody that could possibly not him specifically, but that archetype of player Gasol was also a wizard from, from the top of the key, you know, whipping passes around and would let LeBron move, as you said, cut, um, yeah. it didn't work, but I mean, he was okay. It didn't really work, but the archetype of player that if you're going to have a big, that's going to play at all, they have to be able to play next to AD because otherwise AD is just going to play center and it's not going to, it's not going to matter. You're not going to get any time. So, if it's going to be a big, I think it needs to be somebody who can shoot it um, and play next to AD some. Um, but there just isn't a lot of room anymore. I mean, look, you can never have too many wings. You can never have too many two-way wings. So those guys generally aren't bought out, though. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a question of where where the holes are in the – I mean, where you can always upgrade talent, but those guys usually aren't bad guys. So the question is where are – the holes in the roster now and that question has changed in the last yeah i don't know what is what is it now six seven days so yeah so now you have somewhat more of a sample size with Rui. how have you feel he has played so far and i thought it was a great move because you're somewhat pleasing lebron when you know you get another big wing that could play you know make shots play defense run the floor athletic but you're also building for the future as well so i love the move when it happened but what have you made of his play so far he's been good um I've been impressed with his ability to 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 grab and go a little bit. And he, as you mentioned, he is athletic. He does like to get out yeah. and run. LeBron prefers to play in the half court because he just wants to dissect everything. And he gives him chances to rest here and there. D'Lo's not a guy that's going to get out and run. And those are going to be the two guys that are going to handle the ball the most. Um, but one thing Rui can do is help just a little bit with that. You know, grab and go and push pace. So... I've been impressed with his ability to do that. He hasn't shot it great. He's a, he's an okay shooter. Um, he hasn't shot it great. The other thing I think he can be useful for is to get those non-system buckets. The Lakers ran more plays, more set plays yesterday than I can remember them ever running. Uh, certainly this year under Ham. Um, but those are going to get you system buckets. And there's the talent and IQ to do that this year. But in the playoffs, assuming the Lakers make the playoffs, in the playoffs... When defenses have a chance to scout everything, you're not going to get those system buckets. The game's going to slow down. That's one of the other reasons why I think the shift to playing not quite as fast is better because you'll have more, you'll be more used to playing slower. You'll be more comfortable when the games, NBA games 
the playoffs look like the last five minutes of regular season games. Everybody's trying. Yeah. It slows down. People are playing their best guys. Um, and so sometimes in those, like your system stuff isn't working, you're not making threes and you just need somebody that can physically go get you a tough two. And Rui is one of those guys that can do that. The shot selection can be up and down, but some of that comes with yeah, he's young. In those kind of guys. Um, yeah. So I've liked that. He, but again, he hasn't shot it well. He's not great defensively, um, which is why I think Bando is probably the right move for the starting lineup. Um, but as you mentioned, it is, it does make LeBron happy. One of my concerns with AD coming back, and there was the question, because Thomas Bryant had played well, are you going to play Thomas Bryant with AD? Now that question could be Mo Bamba, whatever. The question also becomes with Rui or Vando in the starting lineup is, I don't think you can just say, LeBron, you're a full-time three. So, um, because I just don't, I think that's too, that's too great of an ask for him defensively, right? If he's going to have to carry the offense and, hey, guess what? You get to guard Jason Tatum for, you know, 30 minutes a night, or you get to guard Luca, or you get to guard, you know, like Paul George or Kawhi or all these like, Predator, apex predator wings i don't think you can just ask him to do that i think he can he's better as as a four defensively now but with Rui and with vando you can kind of toggle those things like they're both all three of those guys Vando's more of a traditional four but lebron and Rui are both kind of three fours so you can figure out the matchups um without lebron having to play three defensively full-time which i think is just a, too much of an ask at this point the other part of it the Rui part was the beginning of this, but then all of the deals in total, they maintained the Lakers optionality going into the summer. The Lakers, uh, the only guy, they're all under team control for next year, but the only guy that has a guaranteed contract for next year is, is Vando. Um, he has four point, I think it's 4.7 next year. So if these guys don't work out or you don't like what you see or somebody or somebody's knock your socks off in free agency, Delo's a free agent. Beasley's a team option. Rui, you can he's a restricted free agent. You can you can renounce him and get rid of his cap hold. Um so you have the you have the 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 be I think I said Beasley's a team option. Oh, Mobamba also is a non-guaranteed. So you can get rid of all those guys if you find out in free agency that there's somebody you love. I don't think that's the way it's gonna work. I think a lot of these guys are going to be around for next year, which gives them the continuity that they haven't had for so long. But one of the other things I really liked about the trade is that it maintains the the free agency and cap space option for the summer. If that is the path the Lakers want to go down. You mentioned continuity. And I think we're getting to an era in the NBA where teams aren't going to name chase as much. Like obviously we see with some of these moves though, the Lakers moved away from some of the names that they picked up. The Nets, I was thinking about this today. Like, the whole Nets Brooklyn, the whole Brooklyn Nets culture has been like name chasing. Like you think about it, like Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Kyrie James, KD. I mean, obviously you want star players and you could only win with star players, but I do think teams are going to start focusing on development a little more and maybe not name chasing as much. Yeah. So now the Nets are back to the team that they had, like the type of team they had that was like, plucky underdogs that were good and enough, spencer's back too including <laughs> including d'lo right including d'lo <laughs> right um that was able to attract the names that they've been trying to chase i agree with you because these these uh I, one of my favorite national uh podcasts is uh low post i think zach does, does great work. 
And so he had, I don't remember who was on with him in his most recent one, but he made the point that these star trades, like these huge superstar trades, you know, for four draft picks and two swaps and, you know, some developmental players like, you know, the KD trade, um, Kyrie is a unique case. So not in this case, but the Harden trade last year going away from Brooklyn, um, even in the Anthony Davis trade though, to the Lakers, those type of trades, um, the, uh, the go bear trade in the off season, yeah. the, how rarely those, those trades work out for the team acquiring the star, because in, when you were giving up that much and we'll put this on the sun specifically, like you have to win a championship or else it's a failure. And in the, in the glow of the name chasing in the glow of my God, we just got Kevin Durant. The the like bottom falling out and the downside, people don't think of it. And the downside is far more likely than people give a give a thought to. I mean, you mentioned the 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 Nets chase of of the stars, whatever, 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Well, that's why I mean, that being a disaster is precisely why the Celtics are who they are. Um, right. Tatum. I mean, they've done good work drafting otherwise, but that's where they got Tatum and Brown. 100 percent. Warriors. I mean. Oh, you, you you don't want to talk about the Warriors, all right? No, 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 no. no. The truth is, the truth is, the truth is, I grew up a Warriors fan. I grew up in oh, San wow. Francisco. Okay, so okay. the Warriors, like, as much as as much as like working in the NBA and working for teams and doing media stuff, like, as much as that allows you to still be a fan, I'm a Warriors fan. I I follow the Warriors most closely, other than Lakers. Well, so. they, I mean, they did it the right way. Well, I mean, what's right and wrong, right? But I mean, they. They develop their own talent. You know what's what's right? What? Anything that's legal that wins. That's right. That's what's (laughs) right. That's true. They did it the right way, winning the first title, winning 73 games and winning the first title. And they did it right with KD. Yeah. And they did it right again last year. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, even with the whole KD thing, I mean, they still had their culture built and their core guys. Yeah. Um, Which is what attracted KD there to begin with. 100%. Let's end with this. Are the Lakers now a legit title threat? That's a really complicated, like layered question. And I know this is going to sound like a cop-out, but I think this team as currently constructed, I wouldn't put them in like in the inner circle of, of title favorites, but like whatever the next group is, right? Like to me, look, this is going to sound strange to you, but to me, the like inner circle is Boston, Milwaukee, the Warriors still as bad as they've looked this year. When everybody's healthy, they just win every time. If every time that Steph, Clay, and Draymond have started and finished every uh, playoff game in a series, they've won it. Those three guys, when they're healthy, they just don't lose. So it has looked ugly, but I put them in that conversation. To me, the Warriors are like predicting LeBron's downfall. Like at some point, LeBron's not going to be LeBron anymore, and Father Time is going to catch up. Every time you predict that, you're wrong so far. So well, it will happen the, at some point. It's the evolution of his game, though. Like, will, he's, but like, so I, I think of the Warriors. Like, are the war? Do they look like contenders? No, no. But I'm not. I, I'm gonna wait and call like throw dirt on them when they lose. Because if you predict before that, you're wrong. So I put the Warriors still in that group, and now I would probably put the Suns in that group. Do you put De- of, Do you put Denver in that group? I don't. Okay. And the reason why I think Denver's the best team in the West. But I think they they have too many matchup problems defensively uh, in, yeah. in the playoffs. Like 
they just they won't beat the Warriors in a series. If somebody else beats the Warriors, like sure, Denver. I think Denver could win the West, and maybe I wouldn't favor them over the Celtics or or the Bucks. But I think Denver could win the West if somebody else beats the Warriors for them. They're just not beating the Warriors with Jokic as the anchor of your defense. He can you can only play one way. You can only play drop coverage, and that will not work against Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole. It just won't. You just can't guard. It just yeah. won't work. Yeah. Um, but I think if it, somebody else, so I would put Denver in that next group, and I would put the Lakers in that next group with with Denver. I don't I don't trust Memphis, but maybe Philly. Like I put the Lakers in that group. I was the watching problem, Philly yesterday. Philly's fun. Philly's I was watching Philly. Yeah, the yeah. problem, though, is, and the reason why I say it's layered is because I think the team is good enough to maybe compete, but I think the season may be too far gone to where they will have a chance to get to the place where they need to. Are uh, they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make the top six? I doubt it. Are they going to make the play-in? Even that is like, eh. if they make it in, I think they're very, very dangerous. But I think it may be too late and it's maybe too much of an uphill climb just to get there at this point. The optimistic way to look at it is if AD could play the way he was for that stretch earlier in the season, you still have LeBron James, anything could happen. Sure. The the my pushback though is he did that, he was playing that way generally without LeBron. And mm. so maybe there's something, and the two of them are great together, but there may be something we could just because we haven't seen it yet. Can we see it? Sure. But there's no evidence that you can get both of them playing at that MVP, you know, top, however many player in the world at the same time. We, we haven't seen it. Well, I mean, in the bubble, maybe Bubble. But yep. since then we haven't seen it. So, and frankly, like both of them have had trouble to varying degrees staying on the floor. So I, you're right. Like, AD and LeBron is a pretty damn good starting place for any series. And now, especially with competent role players, like, yes. I think the Lakers have more than a puncher's chance, but a puncher's chance is in any one series. Um, yeah, Like having a puncher's chance in four series, winning four series, <laughs> right? that's a different ask. And again, like, it's going to be a tough hill to climb just to get, just to get a chance. So, but if, if healthy, uh, they nobody wants to play him in the playoffs. I promise you that. Yeah, yeah. It, there, there's so much probably overreaction. Well, it's warranted because there's not that much left in the season. But I'm sure the conversation changes after every win and every loss, right? Like, yeah, because every win is basically a much must win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Aaron, great stuff, man. You're always welcome back. Uh, thanks for talking Laker basketball with us. Talk soon, man. Really appreciate you. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? Uh, so at Aaron Larsoul on on uh, on Twitter uh, and Instagram, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-R-S-U-E-L. I got very creative with it and just made everything my name. Um, and then <laughs> uh, uh, playback.tv slash all access Lakers um, to, to join in the room and uh, all access Lakers. We have our own Twitter. So any of those places come come and hang out. Great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. Anytime. You know how to find me. Yes, sir. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Big shouts to Aaron for joining in. We appreciate you, Combo Nation. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already punched down on that subscribe button, be on the lookout for episode 446. Combo, out.